I'm Bill Castle, and this is Free Expression. This program is all about conveying the Christian message from a Catholic point of view and defending the liberty which makes it possible to do that. We talk with creative, interesting people about living the Christian life at work, a great source of appropriate children's literature, and opposing the evil of sex trafficking. Join us, sit back, and enjoy some free expression. Father Michael Orsi is a priest who keeps a sharp eye on current culture and who's not afraid to express strong opinions. He's expressed several of them here, and he's back once again. Father, thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Bill. We've known each other a long time. <laughs> yes, we go back a long way. <laughs> we do. Well, you've been to the movies recently. You've had an opportunity to see the new movie Sound of Freedom. Tell me about right. that. Well, let me just say this. This is the first movie I've seen in about 10 years. The last one I went to see was Les Mis because my sister in New Jersey forced me to go. <laughs> uh, I don't usually like to go to the movies because most of the time the movies uh, upset me. However, this time I've heard so much about this movie Sound of Freedom. I said, well... I know it's going to upset me, but I'm going to go and see what it's all about. I went to the theater, 10.30 in the morning, first showing. I was alone. had it all to myself, and I was kind of glad because I was crying watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a true story, and it deals with sex trafficking of children. It's just an awful, awful, terrible, terrible thing, and the movie made such an impact on me. I had to write about it, and I wanted to do something for the community here. Like many communities, all communities in our world, not just in our country, in our world, have this terrible uh, crime going on uh, again and again and again. Now, I know that you recently had an essay published on LifeSite News in which you mentioned some contacts that you had with the local law enforcement, and apparently even in Naples, which is where you're located and which is a, a very affluent community on the Gulf Shores of Florida, even there, uh, sex trafficking is a reality. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very clean community, it's well-pleased, it's a very safe community. But as the sheriff's department told me, the crime is everywhere. Certainly it's physically present here in Naples, but it's physically present everywhere. But mostly it's taking place online, through the Internet, through the social media, where children are abused, used, sold to make pornographic films, and then the files are shipped around the world. Now, some of the real flesh-and-blood cases have taken place here in our area, in Naples. I'm told that there were 17 arrests this year and 22 cases, but 17 arrests. And one of the officers told me that one of the children that was being trafficked was only two years old. Hmm. So it is revolting. Uh, Many of the arrests, though, uh, also were involved with the sharing of files, pictures of children being abused. The stories are just horrendous. Any human being that can think of such a thing can see that this is evil. It's of the devil. It's every parent's worst nightmare, the idea that your child may be snatched off the street and plucked away into this horrible world. Does it actually happen that way? Let me just say this. The statistics are that 86% of the cases 
uh, really are not a child that has been uh, snatched off the street or stolen or kidnapped. For the most part, a lot of the children that are trafficked in this country are trafficked by their own family members, their own friends, or by uh, someone that they are romantically involved with. That's 86% of the cases. The rest are uh, literally, you know, uh, kidnapping of children. Now, this has got to be a hard film to watch. Uh, Jim Caviezel, who starred in it, has talked about how emotionally wrenching it was even for him to act in the film. But as difficult as it is, it it, it really has struck a nerve in this country. It's breaking box office records. It's, it's just an incredible phenomenon. It sure has. Uh, I think that it has, uh, first of all, because it, it's so uh, heart-wrenching and it's so repulsive, but I think a lot of people perhaps were not aware of what is actually going on. And maybe that's because there are a lot of people in high places that don't want people to know what's going on. It took five years to release the movie. There were a lot of roadblocks put in the way of the movie's release. You know, we've all heard of the case of Jeffrey Epstein and uh, his uh, Fantasy Island, whatever they called it, and the Lolita Express. And so a lot of uh, people that, you know, uh, were you know, well up there in, in society, uh, financially and uh, positions of power, took rides on the Lolita Express. And maybe that's the reason why. Maybe it's something that, you know, a lot of people in high places are involved with. Or uh, it's just such a big money maker. This is a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. Unfortunately, and I have to say this, they tell us that the United States is one of the highest sex trafficking countries in the world, and we are the hub for sex trafficking. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, if there wasn't a market for this, it wouldn't be as big a deal as it is. So, unfortunately, yeah. there's, there seems to be a hunger for this kind of perverse right. sexuality. Right. Now, so one of the things that we also have to mention is that a large number of these sex trafficking cases are now coming over the southern border. Right. It's not surprising because every day about 450 children unaccompanied by adults are coming over the border. About 340 of them uh, end up going into foster care. They're being placed into foster care by Health and Human Services, and they are farmed out to people who are supposed to be acting as foster parents. There's no real vetting of these people, and 60% of these children, that's the number, 60% of these children are introduced into sex trafficking. This is horrendous. This is horrendous. That border is a disaster. Children, women, drugs, uh, it's, it's, it's unconscionable that this continues, that border is not closed. Well, I know this has really hit you at a visceral level, and you've been motivated to try and put together a program that addresses this for the good folks down in Naples. Uh, tell us about the contacts you've made with Caviezel and his organization. Once I began to study the problem, and once I spoke to our sheriff's department here, they've been wonderful, you know, sheriff's department cooperating with me and anything I, I ask, and also some organizations that are involved uh, with trying to end the sex trafficking in the area, I realized, well, I had to do something for the people of Collier County and Lee County and Florida. Florida is one of the major entry points uh, for sex trafficking in the United States. So I thought that I would like to put on a program dedicated to the horrors of sex trafficking to uh, raise consciousness about it throughout the country, throughout the world, but right here in our own area. I contacted this group that I'm affiliated with. It's called Action for Life, 
Action for Life is concerned about all aspects of human life, from conception till natural death. The organization really got started with the efforts to end abortion here in Naples at Planned Parenthood. And we've been very successful with that. They no longer perform abortions here because of our efforts. But because we are concerned, you know, John Paul wrote that great encyclical, Gospel of Life, Conception Till Natural Death. He said, you know, in the film, we keep on hearing the words, God's children are not for sale. Well, I said, we have to do something about this. I, you know, when I'm told that a two-year-old child is being trafficked in Collier and in Lee County next door, a six-year-old child, and that a lot of it is motivated by drugs, selling children for drugs. And, you know, the drugs that are coming over the border, it's just something that, it, it just touched me so deeply. As I said, I was crying in the theater, and then I said, well, you know, crying isn't enough. I, I've got to do something about this. And so I tried to get in contact with Jim Caviezel, and I finally found out a way to do it, the Catholic Speakers Bureau, hmm. and they put us in touch with him or his organization. The price was $120,000 for him to come to Naples. I said to Action for Life, I said, well, let's just get word out, figure out a way where we can raise that money. And uh, for the most part, we've, we're almost there, and we've made a commitment that uh, Jim Caviezel is going to come to Naples on October the 19th. But the extra bonus, there is a bonus involved, too. Uh, when we uh, arranged for Caviezel, we were offered to have Tim Ballard come. Now, Tim Ballard is the actual agent that rescued the children from uh, Homeland Security, and uh, we're going to have him come to, and the both of them are going to speak at a major event. It's at the Grand Hotel right here in Naples, and it's on Seagate Avenue, and it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous uh, way for us to raise money for pro-life and to end sex trafficking. So it's October the 19th. It begins at 4.30 in the afternoon. The uh, tickets include the dinner, and I'm not sure yet dinner or heavy cocktail hour, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and uh, it'll be about $500 a plate. It's steep, but you have to understand what we are offering, a once-in-a-lifetime event with a fine dinner, hors d'oeuvres, drinks, it'll, it'll all be there. And uh, it's a time really to uh, put your money where your mouth is. It might be steep, the price might be steep, but it's a real contribution to the pro-life movement, ending sex trafficking. Uh, our children are not for sale. Well, where can people find out about this? Yes, if they would go on Action for Life Florida, and they'll be able to access the website and see how they can purchase tickets or even you know make a contribution. If you can't come to Florida, uh, Florida's beautiful in October. It'd be just a beautiful time to come to Florida. Uh, they could stay at the hotel and stay overnight. But if they uh, just want to make a contribution because they can't come, Please make a contribution. This is a horrendous story about what's taking place regarding the use and abuse and torture of children. You know, we were told that some of these children are sold for maybe 20 times a day, hmm. 20 times a day. And the cost is about $90 per encounter. Uh, could you imagine such a thing? Could you imagine such a thing? Hmm. And so we, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to try to at least... Uh, do something in our part of the world. And maybe we'll put this event out on, on video and put it up online, and people can view it around the country. Yeah, that would be great. So it's Thursday, October 19th at the Grand Hotel. I, I understand there's also a phone number. Can people call 239-262-5433? Is that correct? Correct. 
can probably you know, get a voicemail, leave a message, and then the folks from Action for Life will be in touch with you and give you any information you need regarding ticket sales or donations. All right, that number again is 239-262-5433. Well, this is something that people need to know about, even if they, they, they don't want to sit through a movie, and I guess uh, this movie's pretty shattering. I can understand why a lot it's of people might, might resist it. But they need to know, I mean, this, this is a horrendous, absolutely nightmarish kind of concern, and that something has to be done. I, I applaud you for taking the initiative. Thank you, my friend. It's always nice to speak with you. Father Michael Orsi, thanks very much, Father. Good to talk to you again. God bless you. Bye. Where do you find good books? In particular, where are the books you can feel comfortable reading to your kids or be confident that something they pick up won't confront them with concepts they're not ready to absorb? It's no easy question these days. Bookstores all around the country are closing. Many that remain are all too eager to promote works that can shake children's developing moral values. And Lord knows you can't depend on schools to protect young minds. Well, there are some purveyors of good books, good movies too. One of them is the Good News Book Fair. Liz Antiqua, the proprietress of this fine outlet, is here to tell us about it. Liz, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Bill, for having us. How does this operation work? Well, children today are targeted through the media. And books are the easiest target because they usually go unmonitored. Many of today's titles for children, you know, have sexual content, foul language, and, and even topics of the occult. And I'm not talking about older kids. I'm talking about it trickles down to young children. So our goal is to make sure we curate and select titles from multiple publishers to bring fun and inspiring books through the Good News Book Fair you know, across the country. We come to the schools and uh, with a book fair, and it's a fun event, and kids all are waiting for it and anticipating it. So it's a wonderful way to get them excited about reading. What are the age range of the materials that we're talking about? Are you starting actually with picture books for little tykes? What's the span? We provide books from pre-K to eighth grade. Where do you hold these things? Do they take place in schools or churches? They take place in schools, in Catholic schools, Christian schools of other denominations, charter schools. Even some public schools have reached out to us. Because everyone needs and deserves clean reads. And everyone has seen how books are getting, you know, worse and worse. And it's very hard for parents and educators to be able to just pick up a book and guess if it's good or not. Because it had become very deceiving. Sometimes you see a book with a very nice cover and a description that really does not describe what's inside the book. That's why the book has to be read. And what we do is we have a group of curators, composed of librarians, authors, and parents, and they read every book. And, and then we go to a criteria that we have, and they read, when they read the book, they check the form that we have, and they make their comments. Does it have foul language? Does it have positive values? Does it have um, any topics of sex? Does it have um, magic? How is that portrayed? Uh, different um, categories and they put their overall uh, opinion about the book. Now, these are not all explicitly religious books, right? I mean, they might, they might have a secular theme, but they, you check them for moral content and objectionable material, right? Correct. We 
we bring books, uh, we, we bring actually religious books, but we also bring books about dinosaurs and fiction and nonfiction. And, you know, think kids want to read different genres. Is there any geographical restriction? You work all over the country or people have to be in one area or what? We offer virtual book fairs all over the country, but we also offer in-person book fairs in the state of Florida. And we also have, that's where we're headquartered. And we also have another distribution in offices in Ohio. And so we do areas of Ohio, areas of Michigan and um, Kentucky. And we are trying to grow and open more distribution centers so that we can reach more schools. We were actually in that process when COVID hit and we all kind of froze. And thankfully, we survived all that time that the schools were closed. And even when they reopened, we still were not allowed to do in-person book fairs there. But we survived with virtual book fairs. And now we're back into the program to scale and grow in different parts of the country. A large percentage of the books that are coming out now are self-published, and there's some fine material among this crew of of self-publishing authors. If someone has written a book but they don't have a publisher per se, can they submit material for you to evaluate? Yes, we do that all the time. We look at the, the different books from self-published authors. We look at their content and their quality, and then we make a decision. And also, um, you know, the quantities that we're going to order and if they can supply us with that. If someone wants to have a book fair at their local charter school or whatever, uh, how do they get in touch with you and set things in motion? Oh, yes, that would be great. Uh, through our website, it's goodnewsbookfair.com. Now, aside from the fairs, though, you said you have virtual book fairs, so I assume that people can order online as well. Yes, and what we do is we give the school the code, and that way we can track what books come to what school. And then also, we, have, we, you know, we, we um, are able to uh, ship the, the books directly to the kids' homes, whatever address they put when they order the books. But we, as a book fair, um, we have a wider audience. It's not just the school. When we go to a school, especially a Catholic school, we also encourage the educators to let their parishioners know about the book fair. Let their CCD, uh, religious ed, be able to participate in the book fair as well, because they're not exposed to these types of curated books and, and, and Catholic books as well. So it, it kind of evangelizes the whole um, parish community when we go to a Catholic school. And when we go to you know, other schools, you know, they have homeschools in the area as well to participate. And that way it becomes, you know, a, a community affair. I would imagine that from time to time you've probably received some criticism under the guise of being against censorship. It seems that people on the left are very big on charging (laughs) censorship when it comes to materials that aren't in line with the prevailing woke point of view. Have you ever been flagged on this question? Well, yes, I have been asked. And what I tell them is that we're selecting, not banning, because they can get their books in any bookstore, on Amazon, anywhere. There's no restrictions for any parents or educators to buy a book wherever they want. So the books are not banned. But we're selecting. And usually, people that mostly make this claim, they're the ones that really ban religious books. They're the ones that really restrict many subject matters. In fact, even some publishers have sensitive readers, and they go by different names. And they make sure that when you do a manuscript, that you either take out certain things or, or um, insert certain things. 
So we are not um, are the ones banning. <laughs> hmm. We're just selecting and giving kids what they can probably read and understand at their age level. Well, once again, how can people find out about this? Uh, what's your URL so people can check out your website and maybe uh, schedule a fair? Yes, that's pretty wonderful. It's goodnewsbookfair.com. Well, thanks a lot for taking time to talk about this. You're filling a genuine need here. There's so much questionable material that's being dumped on the kids-lit market, uh, and it's good to know that people are watching out and evaluating this material. It's a real help to parents. That's our goal, to get the kids to read and enjoy what they're reading and that it's wholesome and fun and friendly and also create awareness so that parents know what's out there and they can give their kids things that they enjoy and that the kids will enjoy as well. It's important that kids read, and they read um, for entertainment, fun, and for inspiration. And for Catholic kids also, they grow in their faith and they become avid readers. Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance recently held its online Heroic Men's Summit. Dan Donaldson, Vice President of CMLA, was with us in advance of that event back in June, talking about how to motivate men to take the lead in their families and parishes. Now CMLA is planning another in its series of online summits, this one focused specifically on work. Dan, how do Catholic men live the gospel in the workday world? How do they balance career goals and their responsibilities as providers while at the same time presenting themselves as faithful Christian men? There's got to be some challenge in that. Oh, absolutely. It's a great challenge, and it's a gift. Work is actually a gift, and it was a gift from the very beginning. Man was put to toil by our Lord, not as necessarily punishment, but as uh, something redemptive to draw us back to Him so we can participate in His creation in our work. Uh, so it's, it's to be a creative endeavor and an endeavor of, of love and sacrifice. But I got to tell you, this is just going to be an incredible event. It's on Saturday, September 9th, at beginning at 11 a.m. Central. And we have some fabulous speakers that will do such a better job than I to discuss the topic. We have Matthew Kelly from Dynamic Catholic is going to speak. We have Andreas Widmer from the Catholic University of America, who actually produced a series called The Gospel of Work. Hmm. And we have another gentleman named Jeff Joaquin, who is an extraordinarily successful developer, contractor, who will be talking about success versus significance. So I just want to invite every man out there to join us. It's a free event. You can register. Just go to heroicmen.com to register for the event for absolutely free. You'll see a pop-up there. Just click the pop-up banner and register to join us. But don't just join us by yourself. Uh, consider inviting a friend or a group of friends to join you and maybe to get together for lunch and watch the Heroic Men Summit together and then discuss it over pizza. So it's going to be a great event, and we're going to have thousands of men from all over planet Earth joining us. Please, please join 
join us. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a, a great time. Uh, for, I suppose, as from the beginning of time, I, people would have been in agreement with your point that work is a gift of God and, and a virtue and, and a sign of virtue, especially on the part of men. But today, things have really changed. We live in an environment where companies are not necessarily hospitable to traditional religious values. A lot of them have been taken over with the woke ideology, and it isn't always comfortable being a believer in today's work environment. No, it definitely isn't, and and I can completely understand that personally. In 2015, I actually had a, a long-term, multi-decade career in the pharmaceutical industry, and I loved what I did. I specialized in diabetes and endocrinology, but I I learned in 2015 that the company that I was working for started doing human embryonic stem cell research, and that kills people. And I also learned very quickly that that was rampant in my sector of the industry, in the endocrinology sector. So I began in Novena to St. Joseph the Worker because I knew that I couldn't participate in that. And in the middle of that novena, I was approached by Dr. Tim Gray to, at the Augusta Institute to help launch the forum platform. So that was a, a prayer definitely answered very rapidly, and St. Joseph was very powerful. But I think it just comes down to each of us. We, we need to be strengthened in our own values to stand up against the current of the culture. And look, it may not always be easy. In my case, it certainly wasn't. My, I knew I, I just couldn't participate. I needed to make a change. But boy, have I been blessed by that. And I think when we trust the Lord with our, all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, He will direct us in all of our paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. This is certainly a situation that a lot of people are facing, men and women both. When conscience comes into stark contrast with the, with the environment around them and the demands that are being being placed on them, I hope uh, some of your speakers might might get into this and really address this topic because I think there's a hunger. People need answers in this regard. They will, I, and I can tell you, I know for a fact that Jeff Joaquin will. He will talk about success versus significance and living your work life with your values. So, oh yes, this will definitely be a key topic of the Gospel of Work Heroic Men Summit on September 9th. Well, once again, where can people go for additional information or to sign up or do whatever is necessary? Yeah, easy peasy. Go to heroicmen.com. Again, that's heroicmen.com. That is our free platform for men. You will see a pop-up banner for the Heroic Men Summit on September 9th, Saturday, September 9th. Just click on that banner and register for free. We would love to have you there and love to have you spread the word. Please let others know about it and have other men join you. These are great programs. Dan Donaldson from the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, Maybe we can do a follow-up on this and see how the event went and what kind of information was shared. I would love to join you anytime. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been an honor. Be with us next time when we explore other aspects of religious communication and look deeper into the great Christian heritage of free expression. Free Expression with Bill Castle is a production of Good Shepherd Catholic Radio and Company Publications. 
good books, good music, and good radio are always good company. Dan Curris provided technical assistance. Theme and incidental music are by Dan Adam. The program was produced and directed by Bill Castle. This is Good Shepherd Catholic Radio.